What's up, guys? Back with episode 10 of the North American Weed Tour podcast. I'm Mitch Pfeiffer. And I'm Joey J. Ping. Checking in with you guys from Seattle, myself and Joey in Los Angeles today. We got a special guest we'll be bringing on a little bit later from somewhere else on the map. But for now, man, what are you smoking on? Bro, I just mixed up some Durban poison crossed with Gushers and this Dave East OG. So it's a little OG. It's this sweet, piney, creamy earthiness, some gas, and then some straight up sour, piney gushers, man. That gelato cross. Like, but we, I just broke it down right here. It's so good. I am sure that's so got a good. nice color to it. Makes it the OG, some gushers. Some mm. I want to eat it, bro. It smells like some sour candy ice cream, like some sour froyo, like some sorbet, you know? Well, I got the uh, this black marshmallow from High Tide. Um, I don't know how you well you can. Oh you know, yeah, it looks pretty good in there. Oh yeah, yeah, that's that black marshmallow marshmallow from the other day, right? Yeah. Well, I, yeah, I didn't I didn't do this one on the episode. I think I showed you. So these are like super dense nugs, like super dense. But it's crazy. It, it has like kind of a I don't know what the genetics are. It has like a creamy, not quite gelato, but maybe some sort of sherb type something in there. But at the same time, it is really quite crazy. When you smoke it, it really does taste like some toasted marshmallows or some s'mores or something. Really? It's, uh, it's um, I don't know. It really is intriguing. Like a black marshmallow is like, that's kind of a weird strain name. I don't know. But when you look at it, you're like, damn, it looks fire. And then you taste it and you're like, yeah, that definitely tastes like some marshmallow. I love it. I love it. You obviously probably don't know the genetics on, on that, but what does it taste like to you? Um... Oh, it says right here. Oh, Marsha, Malibu Marsha times, what's FAF? It says Marsha times FAF. Yeah, I don't know what that's going to be. So Marsha, so I, I take it as Malibu Marsha. Okay. Well, that's what I'm assuming. F you, already sm you already smoked some of it? You just didn't smoke it on camera? No, I'm not smoking it on camera, but um, yeah, I smoked it. It tastes, it tastes like some s'mores. Like it really is like. It's a creamy, like I said, it's kind of got that creaminess of a gelato and it has it in the scent too, but it's not like gassy. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's like chocolate and marshmallows, which is weird. You know, like usually- You're, like, you're seriously telling me that weed, this plant, that it tastes like chocolatey marshmallows. It has notes of that. It definitely has notes of that. I remember back in the day, they'd always talk about chocolate tie from the East Coast. I never had it. My East Coast friends swore it tasted like chocolate. They swear it was usually some bunk, but they said it tasted like chocolate. But I'm assuming this is a similar phenomenon. It's it's weird. Maybe it's just in the name and it's a creamy smell, but it, it really does taste like some s'mores or something. I haven't smoked the chocolate tie from Treehawk in a while, so I'd have to go check that back out again to see if that's still chocolatey or not. I forgot he has the chocolate tie. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna I'm roll I'm I'm almost ready to go with this little joint here. I mean little joint. I got a fat gram fat nice fat joint going on right here. And um yeah, I'm, I'm excited because I've been reviewing a lot of really good weed, Mitch. I've been reviewing a lot of stuff. Some some of it's been disappointing. Some of it's award winning, some of it's formerly award winning. Um and today's special guest is actually currently 2021 award-winning uh there's no questions asked that it's some of the best cannabis in the country at this point um and so i'm pretty excited to to, to start getting high 
smoke some good weed. We get to ask questions with a really, really special guest today. Uh, actually, three special guests. Um, and it's just an honor, man. The North American Weed Tour, man, it really think about it, man. It's this, this, the whole legal cannabis, it really changed our lives. Uh, it opened up so many doors. We've been able to help so many people. My, my diet, my, my health has drastically improved in the last five years, you know? It's crazy. Yeah. It's dope. And it's dope to get, uh, you know, tapped in with people across the country that are getting to experience what, you know, primarily us on the West Coast have been the only ones that get to got to go through over the last, uh, you know, deck, you know, decade with our medical cannabis program. And obviously people have been around cannabis and doing their thing. But, you know, you, 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 you had plenty of experience in the in the market as a buyer of medical cannabis and recreational cannabis and it's just a game changing for those of us that love the plant whether it's to consume it to grow it whatever you know uh, bro my mom my mom told me today she literally had a meeting with uh or got off the phone with the doctors in texas for houston's medical marijuana Mm. program like that's a that's a thing now that's a process like that's a it's an application it's like you can apply like money card places to buy weed from low-key like it is it's texas yeah it's, it's there like and my mom called me to tell me about it just like it was just a oh you know i went to the pta meeting today also went and picked up my medical card talked to my doctor you know it's just like like it was nothing it's so yeah. wild but granted mama ping is different because she's been doing that shit out here but yeah. like you know that was normal after the last seven years to her to do that. hundred percent. It's just crazy that that's where we're headed, man. We got, we got someone in the comments to reiterate. I, I'm over in the Seattle area. Joey's in the LA area. They also asked, why does BC grow bigger buds? I'll debate that, man. I don't know. Yeah, we can actually debate that all day. There isn't anywhere that grows big ass buds purposefully these days because uh, nine times out of 10, I feel like growing bigger buds is going to lead to I would say inefficiencies or even deficiencies in other areas. <coughs> Big buds, more nutrients, more shit being put into the soil and into all the different kinds of plant stuff. And it's just like, you know, nobody goes to the grocery store. Nobody goes to the farmer's market and says, give me the biggest one. Cause that one tastes the best. That one's curing my ailments. No one does that with any of the biggest pumpkins in the world. Apples, none of that, man. Cannabis is, 100% being grown right now for the most part if it's a legal legal operation they're mainly just growing cannabis to you know they want to be quality they want to help people but they've got to survive as a business and so they're looking to grow to consistencies stuff that they can consistently get into stores it's going to yeah. sell through people are trying to aim to grow a certain kind of product knowing it's going to do a certain thing in the market yeah and yields yields vary from strain to strain a lot of the hype strains happen to have really terrible yields so that's why they get crossed they usually come out and get popular get crossed up oh yeah you'll get how many you know uh i'll give you a perfect example last year skittles right or runs or whatever it was right strain of the year whatever it was right runs yeah runs right this year i guarantee it's cushman's i guarantee it's cushman's y'all heard it here first y'all heard it here first i can promise you Cushman's, 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 Cushman's. It's all I've been hearing all year long. It's crossed and everything. Thank you, Sea Junkie. Yeah, and when you look at runts, like runts this year, there's more runts crosses than just traditional runts because traditional runts yields like shit with tiny little nugs, you know? So you're seeing a lot of runts crosses that have that flavor, and now people have dialed in the genetics. Yeah. Um, 
so they're putting out shit that yields better. Um, this person's asking pretty in-depth questions. My leads are drooping, and I can't figure out why. Come on. It, these are basic I, things. Please, by all means, Google them. It's most likely water. If you've got sleepy leaves, water your plants. Um, don't overwater them. Just splash around the thing. Like, come on. That, you know, this is basics. This is why we're bringing on the experts here. The yeah, North American I Weed Tour, help. we bring on the experts and the best of the best in all these different states so that way you guys can learn. Are these people necessarily growing at home still? Probably not. But they do grow some of the best weed in cannabis, and that's where we should transition yeah. to our, our guest, brother, because these these wonderful team, our guest, Castillo Farms, uh, they are officially award-winning cannabis cultivators out of Oklahoma. So without yeah. further ado, Mitch, sliding, there we go. Sliding them in. Welcome, Castillo fam. What's up? Hold on, guys. How you guys doing? Good, good. Thank you so much for being with us on the North American Weed Tour podcast. We really, really appreciate it. All right. Well, thanks for inviting us. Honor and looking forward to uh, the episode. Hell yeah. Man. Mitch, take us away on the first question, man. We got to dive right in. We already got so much engagement going on over here. We might as well, we might as well get it rocking. The people want to learn. Yeah, so we, I, I would love for you guys to just briefly, you know, introduce yourselves. I, I, I could introduce you guys, you know, but I'll, I'll let you guys give it along with your titles at, at the farm over there. Absolutely. So my name's Adai Fonseca. I'm the owners of Castillo Farms, and uh, I deal with all the operations, sales, strategic uh, planning, and finance of the company. Um, to my left, we have Nancy Wallace. I'll let her introduce herself. And to my right, we have Christy, who just joined us about two weeks ago as the farm administrator, who's kind of the orchestrator uh, to kind of alleviate Nancy so she can do mo more of the growing stuff. So with that, I'll let them talk about themselves, what they do, and their their intro. Hi, I'm Nancy Wallace. I've grown for 30 years now, 10 years commercially. I love oh, yeah. born here, so I came back three years ago. I could not find a good farm, but... This, this last year, I got really lucky, and I found a really, really good farm. So we're doing really, really big things. I get to breed. They're not afraid of boys. I get to feminize. Yeah. Turn girls into boys, and nobody's going to freak out. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So, so Nancy, real quick, briefly, uh, it, it kind of lagged for half a second. You, you, you've grown for 30 years. You left. You came back. Just briefly, real quick, where'd you go in that 30 years? I was born here, but I've lived all over, and mm -hmm. I lots of different states. I went to Colorado when it was legal there, and I, you know, I, I cut my teeth in the Colorado market, you know, and, and learned how to follow rules. And uh, when Oklahoma was was passing their law, I, I was ready to move the minute it passed to come back and help. Very cool. Very cool. Appreciate you on that. Thank you. And then, and then we've got Christy here. Christy, she's the farm administrator, and I'll let her uh, go ahead. Well, I'm new, so I've kind of had a little crash course and getting to know the farm family. I have a business degree, and so as soon as cannabis was legalized in Oklahoma, I jumped on the opportunity to do something that I loved in that industry. And uh, kind of like with Nancy, I've worked a lot of places over the last couple of years, and this was the first place I found that, that really had the drive to make it an industry standard that could be based off of how we run. So very exciting to be on board with a company that is progressing the way that we are. 
Oh yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much. And, and again, very much appreciate you guys being on today's episode. We're, we're so excited to learn a lot uh, about what helps you guys make successful. And also we definitely want to talk about the trials and tribulations. I think it's important to share that the successes, the wins, all the ce- celebrating the fun podcast that we get to do all the great weed we get to smoke a lot of sacrifices along the way. Yeah, absolutely. Let's go. So, hell yeah. Mitch, yeah, what do we got I, next? I would love to know kind of the the history of the farm. You know, the medical market down there has been booming and, and one of the rather more mature of the new ones outside of the West Coast. So um, what was kind of the history with uh, Castillo Farms? Yeah, so we, uh, we actually, uh, uh, me and two other partners, uh, one's an attorney, he's our chief legal officer. Another is a uh, HR director. He's our chief of per- uh, personnel, essentially. Uh, we were looking to invest many years ago. We looked at Florida, we looked at Colorado, we looked at California, Washington. I grew up in, in Oklahoma. So when Oklahoma became legal, we came down and, and um, we decided, you know what, we we found the market we want to be in. So we broke ground and the name Castillo comes from a, um, a half-sleep, half-awake stage where you're kind of still a little bit droggy is, is where the name Castillo comes from. And we started with an original crew, an original grower. Uh, things were going all right, but, you know, we'll get to the trials and tribulations later. And then last year we, um, you know, <coughs> scooped up and here we are today, about eight months into it. Yeah. Yep, about eight months into it. So that's kind of a little elevator uh, history lesson of uh, where Castillo was and, and is today. And you guys have had how many crops, how many harvests have we seen so far? So initially we had, we've had two since Nancy came on board. We had a few trial ones, um, test results, but we had a lot of problems with seeds. The grower just didn't have the experience to, to really yield a, a profitable crop. And uh, we decided not to sell anything, not to take it to market because we knew we could do better. And we kind of held on to like four or five harvests where we never even sold it because we knew we could do better than what we were doing. Hmm. We were hitting. And then when we came, Nancy came over, uh, our second harvest since she started. And we oh, had yeah. Our third is in two weeks. Right. Your third third harvest is coming in two weeks? Yes. Very exciting. And roughly how many cultivars, strains, whatever, you know, the, everybody is different on what they decide they ultimately want to call. But about how many genetics or strains are you guys running? Um, we're running about 65 photo period genetics. And... Uh, Right now, there's only two autos that are about to be chopped down, but we're coming back with like seven more strains. There's yeah. popped, and there's like six more strains after that. Interesting. Very interesting. Very cool. You guys grow outdoor and indoor, right? Correct? Outdoor greenhouse. We have all three. Okay. What? Which one came first? The indoor. The indoor. It was only an indoor facility when I. There's there's some issues with the HVAC and the air, the humidification, and so I immediately said, "Hey, do a greenhouse and do a fence and do an outdoor and work on problems with this building at least be growing." Yeah, those the the outdoors and the and the the greenhouse is allows for a little bit more. I would say to be agile and flexible with some of those uh, very. So if you have to empty your building to have somebody come in and drive peroxide 48 hours, you can put it all in a greenhouse. Mm. 
Smart, very smart. Got to be efficient. You can't lose days and times because you don't get those back. No, no, you don't. <laughs> no, we don't get any days back. <laughs> so what? What does the what does the medical market in Oklahoma currently look like? Huh. It's it's fierce. It's real fierce. There's some six or seven thousand growers, according to the yeah. head of OMA yesterday. Seventy six hundred. Yeah. Seventy six hundred yeah. growers in Oklahoma. Wow. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's a booming market. We well, yeah, we spoke with the director yesterday morning. Two days ago. Two days ago. Yeah. Tuesday, Tuesday morning. Thursday. Thursday morning. That was yesterday. <laughs> Today's Friday. Oh, yeah. You're confusing me. We work <laughs> days a week, so it's really hard to keep appointments because we're always working. Sure. But we we did have coffee with the director of the state program and talk about some concerns, some issues, um, how, how the program could be better for growers and, and patients. I'm also a patient. I was patient first, you know, grower out of necessity. Yeah. So out of 7,600 growers, who's actually putting out quality work and about how much canopy would you say is like the average canopy or is that even known? The average canopy is not known, but I'll let you know this. Um, the largest canopy I know of is from a guy named Tim Cable. It's not all his. He's got partners, but he owns the High Society Dispensary. He's got three locations in Oklahoma City. 24-hour, very nice, top-of-the-line High Society Dispensary. So last year, or maybe it was the year before, because we're only in our third year. So in the first year, I consulted with him, worked on their farm a little bit, and showed him the outdoor was possible. And then the year after that, he pulled 15,000 pounds mm. on his outdoor. And then uh, we know a couple of indoor operations that are at, what, probably 15,000 square feet yeah. at least? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and and would you say that a lot of the are a lot of the maybe not a lot but from what you've noticed um are people running similar genetics i mean are you still seeing the ogs you seeing the exotic stuff is it designer weed is it the old classic what people call these heirloom strains the blue dreams the glues cakes cookies whatever it is in the very beginning it was a lot of old school stuff it was a lot of you know blue dream and white widow and Things that people could easily pick up and recognize the name on. Yeah. But now, on a market. Um, Pinkman's Goo is all over Oklahoma. Pinkman's Goo. Yeah. We, Interesting. We, we're really into sharing out here. And so if you can get a rare and cool cultivar, we got Freak Show. Freak Show is all over Oklahoma. We okay. got Mazar. We got Punto Rojo. We share and we share it. So we have like a lot of land race genetics, a lot of cool genetics. Of course, cookies is out here and ethos is big. And yeah. I'm, I like Mephisto a lot and I get a quick turnaround with them. So what are some of your guys's favorite strains, I guess? And I'll start with Christy first because she's new over there. I, I could ask I could ask the OGs who've been growing it and running businesses, but let's let's ask from a consumer's perspective because you you I see you I saw you smoking a J there for a second. As a consumer and you're new to the team, 
you've obviously been buying other people's weed. And I would assume that when you are interviewing with the new employer, you're probably not talking about your experiences with all the other brands that are out there. So who do you really think, at least in a quality sector, it's not about the best of the best, right? We're not interested in, oh, this is the true best strain or this one is this. Like, nah, it's who did you enjoy that did quality work that you can kind of show some love to that's maybe not necessarily all with the same way at the top like Castillo, but who do you know that is doing really good work? And what are some of those products that maybe a strain or a flavor or a beverage or what is some of those items that you you've tried? Well, okay. That's tough because um, I'm a little bit old school. So I, I like to grow my own. So for a long time, I pretty much smoked my own. Mm -hmm. um, so, I mean, I know I'm new here. So what I'm going to tell you is the best that I've ever smoked. And this is honest to God is, what I'm smoking right now, which is what Titanic Three Bears, Titanic Three Bears, and and I can say that because I smoked years, and, mm -hmm. and fine, I have smoked, and back when you could just get yourself a dime bag. So I've been around the block when it comes to what's good and what's not, and I can say that you know the pure pure intent behind her is felt in that weed. I don't know if that makes any sense, but yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Someone loves what they do, you can tell. And when someone puts that passion into it, you can tell. And so I smoked when I sat down with her and I talked to her for the first time. And um, you could see that. You could see it. You could, you could feel it in, in, in her product, her finished product. So, I mean, I'm going to give a shout out to where I work, obviously. But honest honest to God, it's it's on a different level. I was thinking it would be. She didn't know that straight. <laughs> not tell her to say that because we did not know the questions beforehand. So I was thinking. I just want to let everybody know. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. You know, hey, we got we got a little surprise. I had to throw this little one in there because because I'm interested. Nancy was talking about strains that I've never heard before, and then oh. to, and I'm a customer. I'm seeking out those kinds of things, right? And to and to me. When I, you know, and then I, I, saw, I saw Christy hitting a joint there and I was like, you know, I wonder if she has tried some of these other things that, you know, that Nancy's saying is all over the place, right? And I'm like, man, I've never heard of those strains. I don't know what those terpene profiles are like. Well, they're really rare genetics, but Oklahoma's just popped off with the really awesome rare cultivars. We've got a lot of breeds out here because the program is so cheap. 25 yeah. for grower's license, plus 500 to another agency. And then you got an unlimited canopy. So it's a breeder's dream here. Yeah. You, you you make a number you, of valid points. <laughs> where you can pop 5,000 seeds and pick the 10 best and throw 4,990 of them down the drain. Mm. Yeah. That's what That's we're doing. I take 100, I end up with five. You're just you're you're able to really test and pheno hunt at such a high level. Take the litter and throw all the ones in the in the compost pile. Wow, that's awesome! Uh, so that when we do take clones and make clones, that they'll be of the very best moms, and to do lots of F one get that hybrid bigger, so that it's born in Oklahoma, it can stand the wind, it can take the heat, it's not afraid of the rain. That's so interesting. So you're breeding to the condition specifically there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, if if so, they got to be born outside and go through some stuff out here, and if they do good outside, then we'll keep them. But if they're not, if they're struggling, then 
they're gone. They're gone. We we need stuff that grows here for the market here. I, I mean, I, I could take a bunch of indoor stuff and clone it up and sell it to these guys that are going outside, but they want 10,000 clones not for their indoor. Yeah. It's, yeah, that's a whole different, yeah, that's a whole different situation. And it's not even, yeah, that doesn't make any sense to stick the indoor weed outside in, in a certain environment. And that goes to a lot of people that are watching as well. <clears throat> uh, microclimate is something that in the cannabis industry is extremely important. Washington has its own, the coastal cities have its own, dry areas have its own, windy areas have their own. It's a very unique situation uh, to have the deal with all these different factors. Um, can you possibly, uh, you know, could you guys possibly elaborate on what some of those uh, variables are for you guys? I mean, like in LA, it get, got 110 degrees, like in my area today. If you grew in a building here, I'm sure that building got hot. Um. Inside the greenhouse, doors open, sides rolled up. It's 120, 25 degrees every single day. Outside, it was 90. Uh, it rained, so humidity was up to 100% at one point. It's probably still about now. Uh, our indoor runs at 74 degrees, 50% humidity, but it runs 24-7, constant drip, constant light, you know, closed-loop system. So it's like a climate inside there. But outside, it's it's different. It's rough. It's tough on the girls. It's tough on the workers. I, I yeah, I've had good workers and lost them in the first half of the day, and they never came back. <laughs> the electrician. I had I had a guy, a a, a fully <laughs> union electrician, that I'm willing to take a pay cut so I can learn how to grow weed because I want to grow. And I said, great. And I said on his first day. I said, we have a couple of electrical jobs here. If you want to ease into it and do some electrical work first, you can. But otherwise, if you want to jump straight on the grow, I'll, I'll put you on the grow. He said, I want to grow. And he fell out by 11 o'clock. He texted at lunch and said, I just can't come back. <laughs> that's, I mean, and that's a credit to the people that, that are able to do this and at a high level. And, and big shout out to the teams and the workers of those people and, and your guys' support system as well really super awesome melissa and leroy and thelma and wes and wade and oh. christy now and paul and i've got pj and my oh. son al i have so many wonderful people to support me and help me it's the only way that we can pull off beautiful flowers mm. and get it to the finish line because growing it's only half the battle absolutely you guys gotta we gotta get it out gotta get it to the people gotta be sold yeah, that's a whole farm, yeah, with, with uh, that humidity. And cured in a nice environment and all that, you know, you got to preserve a terpene profile and come up with decent testing and keep some moisture. And then so aside from growing, you guys also proce process in-house as well, right? So we have a um, CBD extract out of Florida. But when we just applied for the processing license here, so as soon as the processing license comes in, we're going to build out our second shop and bring our equipment to Florida. Hell yeah, that's very exciting. That's going to be super dope. And then so what What are some of the product categories that you guys carry in-house? I know you do the flower. I believe, you know, you guys have some Canagars that have made some noise. Um, is there any other product types you have? No, because I don't have a process license. I'm not allowed to do it. I have a, I have an independent product for a good friend of mine. 
can of garlic but um I haven't there, there, there's going to be some cool stuff coming out, though. We're going to do a pediatric one. That's awesome. Purple dabs, and everybody wants them. So the, with the fresh-pressed purple rosin and some purple uh, hash. We'll be doing some old-school hash, some balls, some pressed bricks, maybe even do a little gold leaf on them with a stamp. Hey, I really like the purple idea. I think that's super cool. Um, I want to do a quick... Shout out to a company that just uh, that just launched here recently in California because they they they, they pressed the rosin into a uh, a weed leaf shape in the packaging. So could yes. you imagine? Right? Isn't that cool? And then could, could you imagine a purple version of that? Right? Like what? Or a pink one? The different shades? Like what? Come on. As we've done molded dabs before, my son and I. Um, yeah. So we can't do it now, but we did Han Solo and Carbonite so you can melt his face off. <laughs> <laughs> that's fucking tight. Yo, for real. That's a that's something that people would pay you. That's a hundred dollar, hundred and fifty dollar item, to be real, especially in the rosin space. It's George Lucas to go along with it. <laughs> oh, yeah, I guess with the rights, that's crucial. That'd be hard, but yeah, I mean there's a home grower type thing in Colorado we did. We just, yeah. just change it. Just put the name Steve on it, you know? Just call it <laughs> Steve. <Get> it. Steve Solo in Carbonite. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's, so, that's really cool, though. I, I love that. I'll call him Juan Cuban Solo. in Carbonite. Juan Solo. <laughs> that's funny. So... So the can of cigars you guys do, you do it through it with another in conjunction with another company, then? Yes, with uh, with Jeff Pender and Jeff's Exotic Cigars. He's he's an awesome guy. He's down in Lawton. Um, good, good old school advocate, patient first, giving, caring kind of guy. I'd love to get him up here on the farm. I've been trying to poach him, but you know, you you get what you can take. So for now, he'll make the can of cigars. Oh yeah, most definitely. What, uh, so this this leads me to I have a quick question about the um, you know you guys and I would assume I grew up in Indiana. I lived in Texas for a little bit in in, in Seattle, LA. I've been all over the place, and I still sitting here right now. I just don't know that much about the geography of Oklahoma. So I feel like it's kind of important for us to shed some light about is there different markets there? You know, you obviously have the big city there. You know, you got the thunder is booming. You know. So it's popping, right? And when basketball season, all this stuff, is that a big city? Is it popping? Is there a lot of weed sold in these things? Is it, is it a ton of dispensaries in one area? How does, what does it look like? <laughs> we have more dispensaries than we have McDonald's and Starbucks combined. We have wow. more, we have churches and bars combined. How many dispensaries do we have? 3,200. Yeah. It's, it's, it's going to 3,500 dispensaries. Yeah. There's 400,000 people on the program. There's 4 million people in Oklahoma. We have almost 4,000 dispensaries. That's a dispensary for every 100 people that's on the program. I mean, when you think about it, that's... When it's in Oklahoma is on the program. Yeah. The population is on the program. And we have one dispensary for every hundred people on the program. Yeah, the market the market will correct that in over the next couple of years. To the top, the others fall off. People, you know, they hang on for a few years and they don't. Make 
money and they can't get together and they can't make a name for themselves, then they just fall out. A lot of people are bowing out and bowing out. And as regulations get tighter and tighter and tighter, then, you know, more and more people slip out because they'll do it while it's easy, but they won't do it while it's hard. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And, you know, I don't, I don't, every state does it differently, but like when Washington went wreck, you know, sadly, not everyone in medical was able to get over, right? A lot of the people that had the resume, I know some people might argue that they had the resume and didn't get it. You know, I, I'm not sure how to look down there, but you know, I know that switching from medical to rec also, you know, just that whole process, it's a, another level of red tape, submitting financials that not everyone operating medically can, can uh, tackle. Right. Well, if it happens in Oklahoma, we've been promised, now I don't know if this will actually happen, but we've been promised as, as small growers that if it goes recreational, that we'll be exclusive, we'll be, the medical growers will be the only ones that can grow recreational for the first two years. And then mm. the market gets to other people. But for us to not just get rolled over, we get the first crack at it. Nice. Awesome. That's that's at least that's at least something done right finally by some kind of government in Kansas. <laughs> and so, you know, out of curiosity, what what I, I know some have what big name or corporate cannabis companies have entered into the Oklahoma market, whether it's, you know, maybe word on the street behind a, hiding behind a different brand name or people that are out there operating under their existing brand name. Well, burners here cookies. OK brought his cookies to Oklahoma. Um, I heard I heard that hype was short-lived. Huh? I heard well, that, that hype I heard that the hype was short-lived out there for that. It was really overpriced for what he was giving. It wasn't any better than what we were already growing here. And the cost was really high and you had to stand in line and it was mostly I don't know. It was the iPhone store experience when the new iPhone comes out. Yeah. Yeah. It's they're nice stores, undeniably. They are beautiful stores. They're, they're they're beautiful, beautiful stores, and um, you know, I credit him for all his work as a breeder. He does great work. I like his strains. Um, just comparatively to what's being grown there locally, it wasn't what the people wanted. The people of Oklahoma aren't about a bunch of big flash and bang and corporate. You know, I mean, uh, a lot yeah. of people have come out here, big names. Jim Belushi's out here with his Blues Brothers. Mm. Um, who's out here? Snoop Dogg's coming. Um, Two Chains is coming out. Oh uh, yeah. Do you guys have? Do you guys have like uh, what is it? The beverages like Can or any of the other? Do you guys have the what kind of beverages do you guys have out there? Oh, we have all sorts of beverages. We we have everything from uh, Keith Cola's. In, in every flavor imaginable. Mm, yeah, I'm familiar with Keith. I drink that. I drink that frequently out here. It's just filled with sugar, but it tastes good. It tastes good. But yeah, the sodas are good. Others, we have bong water, is a is a really good one. Holy water is a really good. I one. saw the bong water brand on Instagram when we were when we when we discovered you guys. I, I definitely got sent that one. You can get the margarita mayday bong water and then put it in the actual margarita. That's mm. the way to go. <laughs> We gotta have a margarita Monday with Cassie. We gotta, we gotta all redo I'd this again. I get down with that. It's a Cinco de Mayo <laughs> that we that we do the margarita Mayday from uh, Long Water. That's hilarious. Really, really good one. And I so, think I think Tina's Edibles is coming out or has a drink. 
or not a drink, but a, a the drink mix. You just who's put it one, in your water. Who's the one at the chronic losing? One with the tent next to it. Oh my god, I don't remember. Those were good. Al would know. I don't. I don't know. My kid does all my uh, promotioning, marketing. He's my guy that goes out and talks to the crowd at all the events and knows everybody's name. And for you three, do you guys have a couple, like say, two strains each that that you guys all grow together? That really, like, when when that drops or when you're, you know, you know, you now Nancy, you're three, you know, about to be three harvests uh, here very shortly. Um, do you guys have something that is just like, man, even though there's so many genetics out there that you're doing, what is the two strains for you guys that you guys, you know, all smoke or like, uh, that you just always go get, or you just are like, yeah, I, I need a little bit of that. Oh, the grape three bears. If it drops again is across from a Fisco that tested at 33% for me. And for an auto flower, that's completely unheard of. Wow. Okay. That sounds really good. And then um, I did a little breeding with the Three Bears OG because the great Three Bears is from Three Bears OG Double Grape. Well, I put the Three Bears OG with one called Titanic, and that one's been really, really nice. We got a third place in a, a national cup out in Seattle last week. Yeah. There we go. Congratulations on placing in the cup. Yeah. It was good to go to a national cup with a blind test where no And if you win, it's really because your flower is good. Yeah. Yeah. That's huge. It tends to have more of a popular contest type thing going on. I mean, a little bit of bias goes a long ways. When I smoke, you know, cookies, uh, like you were saying, I associate it's supposed to be. It's like there's always that, man, I think it's supposed to be up there. I hope it's going to be up there. And then it's freaking. Well, see, we want that same experience from our from our patients, right? It's supposed to be this, but we're hitting this every single time. It's yeah, absolutely. Hitting that every single time. So yeah. unlike other breeder that's out here in Oklahoma, I will not bring the best first. The aces will be in my hand until the very last card is dealt. I promise that I will always bring something better. I will always have a bigger card to pull. We're coming out with the little stuff. We're coming out with the stuff that's kind of pretty. But the Pinkman's goo, all it does is ooze. That's it. And really? it it oozes sugar and plant resin. And if you've ever smoked sugar, it's not pleasant. No. It looks like dab, but you can't dab it. It's just a gimmick. Yeah, because because it's most, I mean, it's micro THCA, and that just doesn't taste good at the end of the day. And, and but yeah, you know, when, when it's all done and we come out with the really strange, the ones that, that the roach tastes exactly the same as when you lit it the first time, that's in, that's good. Stay in this pocket for just a little bit longer, but I've got some flavor to come out later. But not first, not most people. I, I don't I don't want ever want anybody to be disappointed in what they got from me. So all right, so we got we got two of Nancy's there. What are you guys particularly you know pocketing real quick when that drop hits? You know what what are you guys smoking from your from your guys' stash and team? I'm I'm kind of fond of the double grape. <laughs> Okay. I'm a big fan of grapes, so um, probably that's one of my favorites that I smoked so far. Except the double grapes. Yeah, I, I, for me, I keep naming our own stuff. <laughs> it's, it's the best stuff that we can find, you know. Uh, Sour Stomper, latest one, Nancy Red, which is like three bears. And so yeah. our our best flower winner here in Oklahoma, and then Titanic three bears had recently. 
those are my two favorites. Put me like them. Like I don't know. I got like superpowers when I smoke that stuff, and I sleep like a baby. I I hear you on that one. I actually here in LA was selling Three Bears OG on our menu for the live resin stuff that we sell for quite some time, and all of the you know vaping is vaping and you know all this you know capsules or capsules or whatever it is but when i dabbed it the concentrated version of it were you guys getting a nice citrusy and then also piney and spicy profile like like a real consistent og but then i felt like three bears was just a little bit more potent yeah yeah it's got a really really good profile you, you get a, a one flavor when you inhale and a different flavor when you exhale. Yeah, so, it was crazy. Depending on which flavor you like more, you can do one slower than the other. <laughs> I like your style. <laughs> real slow. But if you like to exhale, you can exhale real slow. And then that double grape you were talking about, Christy, what, what, do you know what the crosses are on that or what the parent is? I don't. Double, I'm, uh, yeah, that's her. Double I'm, grape um, is from Mephisto, and I believe that was Grape Stomper times Grape Stomper. Oh, wow. So that's, that's a real, real nice trichome-covered, slightly white, purple, dark green. Or dark dark green and purple. Yeah, dark green. We get about 40% purple right now. Wow. Wow, that's incredible. That's super cool. So could you, like... <clears throat> On the Titanic? I'm only getting about 20, 25% purple. But the I mean, one but that's still, that's, that's incredible. Mainly gorgeous. Are you, and you're grow, you guys are growing for it to be more purple, it sounds like. Yeah, I'm going to breathe back to the purple over a few generations and try to get it locked in. And yeah. I kept some nice seeds from uh, Mandalorian. I got Anvil. It's a really dark purple. So we might throw some of that in there too. Hell yeah. Mitch, I can ask I can ask questions about these genetics and strains all day. I know you I know you're itching to ask them some of the other stuff you have. No, man, I I love the conversation, but I want to take it back a little bit um, to the awards. You know, you said you just got the third place at a National Auto Flower Cup. You know, you alluded to a couple awards that have been won there, the High Times Awards down there in Oklahoma. What what are some of the the the, the recent awards you guys won over the last uh, you know six to twelve months? How much <laughs> Green Grove. The Good. Oklahoma Cup. Green Grow Expo did the Oklahoma Cup. And it was uh, all online voting by all the people and patients in Oklahoma. So it was the People's Cup and the People's Vote. And we got a Best Flower for Sour Comper and we got a Best Grow. And then we got a Best Pre-Roll for the Canagar with the Processor, but he got to keep the trophy. And then he also got first place for number one product. Yeah. Wow. Well, congratulations on that, guys. That is very, very exciting, both on the cultivation side and then also being able to collaborate with the right team, the right find the right partner, and then, you know, successfully put something like that into a competition, let alone just also selling it in the market. All those things are massive wins. So big congratulations on that. And I, and I don't want to gloss over the fact that Nancy just said we got a best grower and then immediately moved to something else. And I think she was the one that won the best grower. So, you know. Uh... <laughs> Good catch. Nancy's very humble. I won't hand out my business cards because they, they sent me a new batch. It used to say head grower. And I was like, okay, I've grown a head or two. Head of lettuce, head of cabbage. I could be a head grower. And then um, the new ones came and said master grower. And I just threw them in a drawer. I won't give them away. <laughs> I'm like, no, I'm not. She's, like, I'm not I, she's 
She's like, I don't have any master Jedi in my in my repertoires. I'm sorry. Save to the planet. The master and I shall not stray far. Probably maybe 200, 300 yards. Not even that far. Not even a football field away. 50 yards. So I, just I love it. I was talking about you can feel the passion in the flower. I mean, when you just talk to her, you can see that. And it, it relays into that flower. It's beautiful. And, and, and the humbleness is nice. You know, sometimes in this industry, uh, usually the growers of not so nice grows are the most egotistical that you meet. I don't, I don't know what, what that has in a connection, but usually people that feel themselves a little bit too much shouldn't be the ones hyped on their own shit. But, uh, uh, we, we, we keep, you know what, Nancy's naturally humble, but part of the, part of our company, we have very diverse, very educated, successful individuals. Right. And, and our job is to keep each other grounded and humble, grow, you know, and, and expand our market and, and, and obviously, you know, um, continue to, to scale up, but never allow each other to become more important than the people that make it happen, the product that we deliver to our patients. And we keep ourselves humble by giving. We, uh, we recently had a march at the Capitol in Oklahoma City. And so we borrowed a motorcycle trailer the, the march was on Friday. We started on Wednesday. We went three hours straight east and picked up a motorized wheelchair, wheelchair patient and brought him back to the farm. And then the next mm. morning, we got up and went three hours straight south and got another motorized wheelchair and a wheelchair, wheelchair patient and brought them back to the farm. And then on Friday morning, got up and it was Wade Reeves that did all of this hard work for the wheelchair patients. Loaded all the wheelchairs onto the trailer, got the patients into the truck. We took them to Oklahoma City. They were able to participate in the march, to get on the news, to be seen, to be, you know. The patients that matter the most are usually the ones who can't even get there. Yeah. Mm. So by giving, you know, spending three, four days with a couple of guys that can't walk will humble you. Absolutely. And that's, I think that's that really shows uh, to your guys' character. Uh, and, and the commitment you guys have to the community, myself as a patient uh, and as a former bud tender, can't can't express how many times, um, you know, and I don't know what it is about this freaking generation that I'm a part of. It's just we just don't we just don't help other people, man. We just don't even think about it. We don't put the time and energy into even planning out something like what you guys just talked about. And I it's really completely disconnected. Your generation is. Mm -hmm disconnected the majority of us are for sure there there's there's hope for a percentage but i'm not gonna i'm not gonna sugarcoat any of it or even try to deflect it is just very clear that that is the case and it's unfortunate and that's where people like your guys ourselves we we very much appreciate you guys working with us on this tour to help bring to light that you know not only does your company exist cultivate award-winning cannabis at a local scale against the locals, best of the best, and but also nationally against some of the best of the best. Um, awarded by your peers, awarded by the people, uh, and then you guys go above and beyond to do things like that. And it's not, and not only that, but there's no press releases about it. There's no look at me, look at me. There's no selfies. There's no viral videos on TikTok submitted to now this and BuzzFeed. You guys are in, you know, like the, there's people in here, Oklahoma, the new wild west weed. You guys are in the, you guys are in a new era of legalized wild west weed. You're the guys that are next. You're the women that are up next. 
And it's very cool to sit back from over here on the West Coast and see you guys experiencing so much success and to see people, real people buying your cannabis, seeing real dispensaries selling it, and then you guys winning the awards. I love it. I absolutely love it. I cannot wait to meet you guys in person uh, here, you know, in the fall and and finally get to smoke some of that and to see one of those freaking Kanagars, man. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. We'll save you one. Oh, shoot. We got to – I want to roll one with you guys. I got to go over to that. I got to go do it. Hey, listen. I'll give you I'll give you one to take home for free if you can, if you can tell me how many puffs it takes to get through a Kanagar. You try that's a, is that the is that the the Castillo challenge? Is that a new is that a new viral challenge for you guys that I see in the marketing department? Puffs it takes. That's our whole campaign. How many puffs does it take? If you can document it and prove it, this will give you one. <laughs> no, nobody's made it solo to the end, counting all of them. They lose track at some point. Oh, closest we, we got was uh, eleven and a half hours, four days. What? Well, you're wait, wait, wait. You're telling me this Kanagar goes for that long? This one guy. Well, did. So you can't smoke it all in one sitting. You take a break, or you get friends. We've I've had it go for five, six hours at an event, and then there's still like a giant Kanagar roach that nobody. Can uh, get. All, right, all right, I gotta ask some key details here because I'm an experienced Kanagar smoker. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta tap in. Mitch already knew. Mitch knew I was ready to ask these ones. All right, how many grams are in this Kanagar, and what else is in it? All right, so it starts out with seven grams of flour. Okay. Pressed in a press and held in a vice for like two or three weeks. Yep, yep, yep. To form it, to form it. Form it. When you pull it out of there, it's dried some. It's not seven grams anymore. Yep. Now you squish some grams out of it. There you go. <laughs> you take it out, you the diamonds and sauce, and then you got to let it sit for about a week for the, for the sauce to soak in. And for the, the glossy to go away, for it to turn kind of dull. Yeah. You roll it in keef, but the keef turns dark right away. So you got to wait and let the keef kind of soak in. Roll it a couple of times and wait a few more days to make sure that the keef, you know, that there's no wet spots. Yep. Then you can wrap it in fresh canvas leaf. You put hemp wicker all the way around it, tighten the hemp wick. They put it in an oak barrel. With another little dish of terpene, it goes in there for 30, 45, sometimes 60 days. However long it takes for the leaf to be dry and not have a, a green smell. Yeah, it has to lose the chlorophyll. Right. Well, you got to cure that leaf on the outside of it because it's started. So sometimes yep. it's 30 days, sometimes it's 45. Sometimes, depending on the leaf we use, if it's an older leaf, 20 days, they're done. Yeah. Hmm. But then they're a little browner or more yellow. But every single one looks different. They're handcrafted, handmade. No two leaves are the same. No two categories are the same. That's so cool. All right. Well, and, and how many, how much, how much diamonds and sauce? And no one can finish one. How much diamonds and sauce? A gram of diamonds and sauce, a gram of key. All right. Well, I guess we're gonna have to we're gonna have to put that one to the test because I have put down numerous canagars in single sessions. Oh, yeah. That was an online challenge. Yeah, I think, and it's, it's not to say it's not to say that they're not good. It's not to say that they're not good, but it's like, and it's not to say that any of those people couldn't handle it. They just to me, it sounded like they chose to put it out, which is fine because it's an experience. 
I've been to the I've been to the parties. I've seen them go around for two or three hours. Some of the big, you know, some of the 28 grammars that I, you know what I mean? Um, that's why I asked how big it is. It's, it's going to be very interesting to see if, if one person can handle a quarter to the face that's infused. Hey, Joyce, I'll make you this. I'll make you this deal. Right. So you can pick a big one or a small one, whichever one you want. Yeah, we have a three and a half gram one that's yeah. smaller. Right? Uh, see, I've done I've done one of those in 45 minutes before. Okay, so you can pick oh, a big 45 one. 45 minutes. One. OK. Pick yeah. a big one. We'll give you an hour and a half on the little one. <laughs> Nancy, Nancy with the big flex. Nancy with the big flex. <laughs> hour and a half on the little one. Hour and a half? That fast? No, he said he could do a little one in 45 minutes. I'm willing to yeah. do it. You, you, you guys make Canagars. You guys are obviously familiar with lyrics. An hour and a half to do the little one. We'll okay. give you and no, and the big one, if you can smoke it in one sitting, I'm just getting a big one to take home. You can take the big one. Yeah, I don't mind. So you get to pick whichever one you want, the big one or the hey, small it's one. A good, it's a good challenge, man, because cause here's the deal, right? When you think about, again, Mitch and I coming with the marketing background, you know, when you think about the videos, and I don't know what they sell for, but I know I know what marketing is valued at dollar-wise. And in this day and age, not only is it difficult, high risk, and somewhat expensive, but getting user-generated content is arguably the most important thing anyways. And oftentimes that can be done for free or trades or whatever it is. And so... I hope that this is just the start, and we can I get we can create a challenge for the rest of the Oklahoma uh, the Oklahoma customers out there because that's how we build community is to get creative like this. Yeah, the challenge has been out. We've uh, yep. talked, have tried. Uh, we we uh, we gave one we to posted. Cody Canada from the boys from Oklahoma. Baby Bash shouted it out on uh, Instagram. Instagram. Yeah, there we go. Baby Bash smoked one and one and five more. <laughs> you, how many strains or how many strains are there just the one, one so we far picked the, we picked yep. the top no fair that's fair that's fair i think the uh you guys are familiar with lira the, the canagar tested 46 percent thc holy shoot now we're talking wanna, now you want to make you want to push her hour and a half or you want me to <laughs> No, do I want to? So the only issue with the time is whether or not it's gonna, it's actually gonna burn that fast over that time. I can rip it, rip it, rip it, but if it's, if it's, no, you won't, you won't get that much of an ash. I people, people say, hey, I want to smoke, I, I want to light that canagar, and I'm like, if you can ash it, I'll buy you one. Hmm. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. <laughs> smoke it till you put an ash in my hand. Oh, I see what you're saying. Like you won't need to ash it. It's gonna go all the way down. No, no, it won't make an ash. You're gonna puff, 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 puff. <laughs> it's not puffs. We got an inch into one. Okay, so then, okay, so here's the next question for the people that are watching Canagars. People that want to go to Oklahoma, they want a Canagar. What's the price on the small one? What's the price on the big one? They're two seventy five. Is the is the large? And I think the small is 125 or 150. 150. 150 is the small. You can get them at high society for the price. Yep. Other stores, I don't know what they're they're charging for them. A lot of them have done and bought one and then done a raffle for charity and had people bid on it. They've they've done on them. Um, it, it's it's just definitely a specialty piece. Oh yeah, absolutely. I'm man. Yeah. We don't, we don't make large batches. How small batch is it? We we get 25, what maybe 25, 30? No, I think we've gotten 50 at a time. 50? I think once we got 50. 
Uh, we try to keep it to drops of about 40 cigars a month. We nice. want to work 100, but I'm, I'm keeping them exclusive for now until enough people want them and then we'll ramp the production. I don't want to no. oh, they don't age for, you know, they don't age well. Yeah, for no, sure. for sure. You can't flood the market on those. Things. I, I could vacuum seal them and keep them, but that would be like frozen fish. I'd rather have fresh can of garlic. <laughs> that would be an interesting product some fresh frozen canagars but no <laughs> we're not freezing them no no can't do that we can't do that no they burn better when they're fresh so i'm curious for you guys you know a little bit of a subjective question but um what is the most exciting thing about the the cannabis market and, the, and 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 specifically the cannabis market becoming legal and you guys being able to experience it at the ground floor of the medical market. Uh, you want you want to take that one? <laughs> I don't know if that was directed to all of us, all of us, but he has focus on For me, it's just I mean, there's the possibilities are just wide open, and that's where Oklahoma is really really lucky in the way that laws written. Um, it gives us a lot of space to. It gives us the opportunities, you know, like she's doing, experiment with different strains and, and new things. And it gives us a chance to really kind of grow and find the best so that we create these products for these patients. I know she mentioned we want a pediatric line. When we get to that point, you know, just the fact that we can get to that point is amazing. And that's super exciting. Um, so uh, to me, just an open highway. And that's what to me is the most exciting part of the whole thing. Absolutely. Hell yeah. We're talking about an industry that's been suppressed for 80 years, 90 years, you know, and, and but, it, but before that was extremely beneficial for 3,000 years, 5,000 years, 7,000 years, right? 15,000 um, years. So, you know, it, it's like we're rediscovering science and all these benefits. You know, we're not just, I'm not just a, a, a business owner. Nancy's not just a, or Chrissy's not just a farm admin. We're patients too. We use, you know, we have a farm, but we call it a pharmacy because we're patients too. And, and mm -hmm. that, you know, the possibilities of the future for stuff like that, for, for, you know, that to take hold across the country would be amazing. What do you, what are some of the things that you guys have coming up, like on the horizon, whether it's 30 days, 60 days, 90 days? I know you guys mentioned uh, a little while ago about the third harvest. Give us a brief timeline on some of the releases and strains, if you if you guys are able to. Oh, for the grow and strain stuff, I'll let I'll let Nancy cover that as a company wide. I can answer some of that if you'd like. Yeah, I mean, we'd love to. Yeah, I mean, do you, I mean, if you guys have any events coming up, you guys throwing any festivals? I mean, whatever you guys got going down, any great. We just want to fill the people in and what you guys got going down. Well, people I, should I, be I, excited because there's some pretty fire uh, medicine coming their way in the next thirty days. Uh, so that's that's exciting itself. But you know, we have um, our, our next event is on Thursday. We're hosting the director of the Oklahoma Medical Marijuana Board, her entourage, to come and see the farm and to help to make the rules to make them a little easier. To you know, hey, you want to come see a farm and see how it works? I'm trying to advocate for we don't need to tag it till it becomes a product because half of what I grow is male anyway. Why do I need to radio track boys? Yeah. All right. And then the, on, the, on the other hand, I need to grow boys. I need to produce pollen. That needs to be a product. That needs to be a thing. 
There's no provision to make pollen here. There's no provision really for anything to do with males to kill them. Or according to the Oklahoma program, males don't even exist. Wow. Oh, Just you know, I didn't think of that part. But I got to jump in because, because, you know, it's important too. And I think this is what Nancy's alluding to that we give a lot of credit to the Oklahoma uh, Bureau for even considering, right, to, to come to an actual farm and say, okay, what are the problems? What can we do to make it better? Right. A lot of state agencies never do that. Uh, so mm -hmm. it shows a complete buy in, you know, across the, you know, from the top to the bottom in, in the state. The state's been very supportive. So it's, Kudos to, to Oma for saying, okay, you know, we're willing to listen to the people and, and make our program better. And also and also come into a grove and be willing to learn and, and, and figure out ways to improve. I mean, it sounds like you guys were just doing some, uh, so whether it's called advocation or politicking or whatever we want to call it, to try to get some education and some other stuff changed. And then to do that as well, it would be nice if in Washington and in California and some of these other states have been set in stone, you know, for a while, we could see them roll back some things and make some damn changes too. So let's well, all put some pressure on them. Here we go. Well, when, yeah. the, when the people speak, our employees, which is the government, tends to listen. We would not be in this visit had we not showed up at the Capitol holding a sign saying, fire Kelly Williams. And now she wants to have coffee and she wants to come to the farm. Hey, sometimes you've got to be a disruption um, to, to really have the community, uh, to, you know, his best interest at heart. I, in my, I mean, that, that's kind of where we come in uh, in a lot of ways where we're from in Seattle. People are really well, you know, well known for um, doing whether it's what is it either protesting or trying to get some something changed somehow, some way. Right, um, right. I, I think. I think that stuff is very inspiring. I think there's good ways to go about it. I think there's better ways. I think there's bad ways to go about it. There's all kinds of stuff that's ever been done. What works to get someone to come to the farm is what works, right? right, and, right. and it's not always like, you know, it isn't always the necessarily the best, bad and the ugly, but when a thousand emails and a thousand phone calls doesn't work or the DMs and they don't do it, you know, we've got to figure out a way to still have the, the best interest at heart for the patients. And it does kind of supersede business sometimes. And it's something that Mitch and I talk about, you know, it's when Taco Bell calls us to do advertising, what are we going to do? You know, when McDonald's hits us up for the cannabis marketing, what do you do? Right. When the big sellout check comes, what do you do? And for us, you know, we, we don't know what we're going to do because the NBA takes those mo that money too. And they help kids with a lot of that money, you know? And so we'll, we'll see, we'll see when all those things happens, but you know, we, we ultimately, we'd like to get behind the brands such as yourselves that are small businesses that are willing to go above and beyond for the patients. And this entire conversation, you guys have really just shown that and the passion, uh, the education behind it. It's very cool to hear that you can just breed just like crazy uh, with the, the model that you guys have, the fact that there's no males, I, I, I heard that point as well uh, in terms of consideration with the legislation and things like that, like they don't exist. There's so many different uh, holes in all these different systems. And this is where, again, uh, it's very important that the people who are listening, you know, can understand that all these markets are different. They're, they're all legislated different. There's a whole different set of groups of people all overseeing these different things from state to state. And a lot of them take feedback. A lot of them don't. Um, but shout out Oklahoma and shout out you guys. Thank you for being here and doing all this and, and just helping to highlight what the heck is going on there. 
Yeah, any program director that's willing to learn, we're willing to teach. Love, that's that's love. And that's respect too. It takes a lot, it takes a lot for two, you know, for groups of people that don't understand each other necessarily to come together and be willing to communicate through the, you know, and the trials and tribulations. Now, before we get out of here, I said I wanted to hear a little bit about the trials and tribulations. You guys are winning awards, you guys have the politicians coming out to learn and to be able to change things. You know, we've got a new employee, we've got a 30-year industry veteran. Uh, Adai, you've obviously been in the game for a significant period of time now as well, uh, a local too. Um, could you guys, you know, maybe each of you guys share, you know, a highlight or a low light in, in the cannabis industry, whether it's in your recruiting process, not necessarily with CAD, I don't want to put anybody on black, but, you know, just the cannabis experience, you know, if, you know, finding a job in cannabis or what it's like being recruiting or, uh, any of these kinds of things, whether it's for Christy, Adai, Nancy, you guys all have unique perspectives from different areas, but I'm sure you guys have all worn kind of all the hats at this point. From, uh, from, I'll go first real quick because I've, you know, we're one of the founders, but you know, <clears throat> there's been a lot of lessons learned. We all believed initially, you know, we throw a bunch of seeds, we get a bunch of weed, we're able to sell, you know, mm -hmm. and that'd be fantastic. Um, but that's not the case. It takes a lot of work, a lot of dedication, a lot of commitment to it. Uh, um, the grit to not walk away when things are going bad. We say, you know what, let's just cut the losses now and move on and, and you commit to it some more. Um, we went through a lot of personnel change in the beginning. You know, part of that was just uh, ignorance on our part as to what we needed, at, you know, for those positions. And, um, you know, I, everybody that worked here, everybody that was part of the um, – the organization helped in their own way uh, to get us to where we are, whether they're with us or not. Um, and then for me, the highlights, I mean, it's a lot of challenges, business owner's perspective. Highlight for me, you know, is really started happening February when I started to really get to know Nancy after we had, you know, hired her in December. And, and every month after that has been a highlight. Like, even when we're having challenges you know, I smoke the flower. I look at I look at the buds. I, I look at the future, uh, and I wouldn't trade any of the stuff we went through to be where we're at today. So that's. I imagine next month plan be this month is the highlight of my day. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Right. So go ahead. I let Christy go first because oh. Nancy goes long. <laughs> I do. I have a good one. Good one. Are you what narcs? Business yeah, yeah, highlight, highlight, low light, whatever, whatever it is that you got. I, I don't know how new you are in the industry. I just know you're new to this to this team. Well, I jumped out of the medical industry to get into this industry. So I actually I gave up a lot to start um as soon as it was legalized. Um and I've been through the ringer. I think a lot of people in this industry have because it's hard to find a good a good footing. Um so the highlight would absolutely be the fact that I found Cassio and and that we're able to grow together um, and we have the same, I guess, ethical drive when it comes to what we want to do and the impact we want to make. So that's my highlight. And um, the negative was that it took this long to find this place um, because I've been with a lot of companies that they really, it was money. And I kind of said from the beginning, it, we have a lot of drug dealers running the businesses, starting to evolve starting to grow as a state, we're starting to see the businesses have to be run by people. And so it's it's amazing to have that. But that was always my my negative in the industry was finding the people who had the drive to do it right. 
That's wonderful. Thank you for sharing that. That's huge. Yeah, you got a good one. Uh, my low light was I got this awesome grow, and it was like a Lamborghini, and it was full of gas, and, and the road was straight. Everything was awesome. And I got in to drive it, and the clutch didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing would grow right in this beautiful closed-loop system. All the temperature was right. I got the conditions right. I, I have DQs, so I just started on, but nothing would grow, and everything looked like it had ethylene gas. Like I was growing next to a, I don't know, like I was growing in a garage with a propane generator. But wow. I didn't have hydrocarbon burned. All my CO two in a bottle. That we did tests everywhere. We did. We yeah, tried mold. Oh, we did plant tests. We tried all sorts. And, and I knew that it was ethylene gas, so we we sent air samples to University of Ohio and a one doctor there to our Yes, we have ethylene gas, but I still didn't know why. And I know the plants were producing it themselves due to stress, but I didn't know exactly what it was. We finally tracked it down through different different clues. We found there was some pink dehue water, and there was a bad smell, like like an like a gym, it smelled like a gym. Mm -hmm. And finally, a told me, "I think you have stinky sock syndrome." And look it up, and it's basically where bacteria builds up and grows on your coils of your HVAC system. And then every time the air blows through them, it's a bacterial bloom in your room. Hmm. Now I had tested for molds. We tested for spores, but they didn't test for cyan. So due to the nutrients that we use being in the air, it's the perfect breeding ground for a salt-based bacteria to just take up root. And I'm still forced with the problem of, of fixing it. We had one guy come in, they dried peroxide two days throughout the whole system. It fixed one room for one round, but it's back. And now wow. we're solutions, how to get our core coated with antimicrobial and then to be on a regimen of quarterly or semi-annually removing them and cleaning them again to prevent the buildup from coming back yeah but it's just it, it was crazy I, I eliminated everything the water the nutrients just every single thing i could get to and i could take plants out of there and bring them up to the house and they just like went great overnight but if i took a plant back there in a it's like they were. It's like if you're sleeping in a moldy house, right? Yeah, it, it they would wilt out and and tank in an hour if they went back there. You didn't just have to being suffocating. <sighs> suffocating. They could handle it. That's wild. And plants are so sensitive; it they respond almost immediately. Right, but during that dragging them back and forth, I was like, "Well, these are flowers. They can't be in this air." And I moved them all, and they were a little. They were stunted. But they were fire. They tested the highest I've ever tested anything at. Wow. That's so crazy. And the next round's not bad. The next ones came in only about 3% lower. Yeah. Mm -hmm. the, right. We're only about 3% lower than the stressed out group. That's that's quite the low point. And that's with, with this, you know, growing cannabis. It's uh, a finicky thing. Yeah, but the more you stress it out, the, the more it'll produce cannabinoids. 
not flour, but cannabinoids. Right. You can go for yield or you can go for for quality. So did this did this flower come out with more cannabinoids in the test or more terpenes or what what was the what was the, the variation that you guys noticed? The flower had more cannabinoids and more terpenes. The the stunted smaller buds, it was like they did what they normally would have done, but in a smaller space. They they concentrated themselves. Interesting. So there's something to be said about big buds, big biomass to some extent, and cannabinoid content, terpene content. There's clearly uh, at least some kind of direct correlation um, to that. And all these people growing big ass buds with high THC, I don't feel like people are going to get high for very long. They might be high for a minute or two or 20, 30, 40 minutes, but they're not going to be high for very long and they're not going to be asleep all night. So missing the other cannabinoids. They are missing right. essential we cannabinoids. We came up with, oh gosh, 15 to 20 terpenes in grain and at least four cannabinoids each strain. I mean, we had CBG, we had everything. Wow, that's awesome! Hell yes, I love that. Gosh, I need to, I need to consume. You guys are making me all. I, I need to get, I need to get some of your guys' cannabinoids in my system here, man. Jeez. Yeah, we, <laughs> over Harlequin, that's fourteen percent THC and eight percent CBD. Wow. Yeah, that's crazy. But it makes you great afterward. Wow. That's crazy. Well, we we sincerely appreciate you guys joining us at, at the late hour down south, um, coming in on the North American Weed Tour podcast. We look forward to coming out to the Oklahoma market and uh, learning a little bit more and checking out some of this uh, flower. Awesome. Thank you. Guys. Thank you so much for being on the show. I hope all of you guys uh, three, you know, have a, a wonderful harvest here soon. Uh, thank you guys again for staying late with us. We very much appreciate it. Thank you. You know, the, the, the people out here, we wanted to know what's going on. You guys gave us a great insider's perspective. Um, anybody watching this, be sure to go back and check out some of the farms and strains that she was mentioning. There's some really exquisite and exclusive cultivars coming out of Oklahoma. Um, and they're clearly doing some really exciting breeding things. So definitely tap in. Uh, can you guys go ahead and shout out where people can find uh, pretty much everything Castillo Farms at? Yeah, so we've got uh, High Society in, in uh, Oklahoma City, uh, Licensed to Chill in Edmond, a couple of dispensaries in Barsville, one in Broken Arrow. But the best way people can get our flowers is just to go to their favorite dispensary and say, hey, contact Cassie or phone. we got a 100 number, and we have our website, uh, Cassio-Farm.com, and you can go right to the order of what, what you're looking for. Beautiful. Thank you guys so much. Uh, this is Joey J. Ping here, uh, checking in on episode 10 of the North American Weed Tour. We've got Mitch Pfeiffer. We've got Castillo Farms. Thank you guys again. Uh, we will see you guys here soon when we come out and visit. Everybody right. stay tuned for the visit. Uh, good night. Later, y'all.